Welcome back, everybody, to the You Heard It Here First podcast. I'm your host, David Young, with my co-host, Pastor Josh. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> you don't know what to do with your hands. Because well, you used to always mock me for, like, folding my hands like this, and now I... I, I don't know if I mocked you. Um... <laughs> You did. It was, and then I caught myself doing it. It was more because you like what as you were talking, you put them together. I do this, that though. In the same like I do that. Your sometimes. hands were separate and then when someone, you know, like before supper says, Let's pray and then there's like the the hands go up in sort of the arc and then they come and meet in the middle. That's what you would do. I did that at chapel on Friday at Byron. Oh. When I was talking I How did chapel myself. go? I thought good. What did your boys say? Did they say anything about it? They said you came for chapel? Uh, correct. <laughs> I did. What was your theme or topic for chapel? Um, well, their theme verse is the James 1, 22. Mm-hmm. Don't just read the word, do what it says. Mm-hmm. We talked about doing what it says. Oh. And we talked about the story of Daniel at the beginning of Daniel, how he had to um, eat broccoli, eat different food than them because that's what the law says. Oh, yeah. So we talked about that. And we played a silly game at the beginning. Oh, what silly game was that? You're going to make me say it. It's silly because of the title. It's called oh. Nibbledy Bibble. That's a fun name. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's I had a forgotten that game. name, but now that you said it, you were talking to the ninth and 10th graders about it yes, before catechism yesterday. I was. Weren't you? No. Is that two weeks ago? I heard you say nibbledy bibble dee dee. It's just nibbledy bibble. Nibbledy bibble. Yep. It's basically Simon says, but those are big words. <laughs> not really. <laughs> not the kind of big words you use. Any whoosies. What's so happening? Not a whole lot. My uh, my brother and his wife had two children uh, dedicated at Ada Bible Church yesterday. Oh, nice. So my parents were in town this weekend. Uh, and then my sister, mm-hmm. who looks nothing like me. Did you notice that? It was my sister in church yesterday. Where, was she on the end? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't look like brown you. Brown hair. Yeah, doesn't look like you. Dark complexion. It's okay. Brown eyes. Yeah, we, I don't know what happened. Because, like, my brother and my sister, they look alike. You They're, don't? Oh, no. Like the rest of them? Oh, no. Interesting. So, anyway, she came up with her four kids. And, um, yeah, the church, of course, got to meet Bryson. Yes. Bryson is yeah, I mean, you called him out up on stage and said, I know. singled him out. That's okay. He can handle it, I'm sure. He knows his uncle. Yeah, <laughs> right. So anyway, they were out. And then, uh, so yeah, we hung out all together at my brother's house on Friday. Or not Friday, Saturday night. And then Sunday afternoon, that was at Ada Bible. And then they were all over by our house for pizza last night. So that was really good. Nice. So always fun to see family coming in and out of town and... Of course, it's really cool to be part of that. Um, so they, I don't know if you've ever been to a dedication service there, but they have a whole bunch of different families mm-hmm. with kids. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they kind of separate into different groups. So mm-hmm. it's just their immediate family. So um, my sister-in-law's parents and her grandparents and her brother. Mm-hmm. And then the Vendrunen contingent. And... Um, they had written letters to their two boys nice. and then read them as part of that. And then the grandpas prayed. Nice. Um, 
So yeah, very it it led to a lot of interesting conversations in our family about the difference between baptism and dedication, right? Um, which were good. Yeah. We talked about that as a family. Um, not that we always have theological <laughs> conversations <laughs> with our kids okay. around dinner, but um, yeah, but that was just really fun to be together as a family nice. and celebrate that. So how about you? What was your uh, what were the highlights of your weekend? My parents had a movie night that was pretty funny. Oh. <laughs> we have this old movie that my brother can basically quote the whole thing. So we, What's the um, movie? It's called Rocket Man. I think there's oh, yeah. a, Well, I don't know if you know this one. There's a couple. Describe the one you're thinking of. This is an old movie. It's like 1997 is this one. Yeah. I was I was going to say let's turn it before the turn of the century, <laughs> millennium. Is it about Fred Randall? <sighs> I've never, I just know the title. I think there's a couple. This one is not as well known. It's like a Disney okay. movie and it's just like silly funny. Hmm. And so my mom was just cracking up the whole time. My brother's quoting it. Do you get annoyed when he quotes no, it? No, it's funny. It oh. adds to it. So that was fun. And then we showed my grandparents that movie and my grandpa didn't like it. So I thought that was funny because <laughs> my mom wanted to show them really bad. And then my grandpa just sat there. <laughs> and didn't laugh? He like barely smirked. He oh was, boy he just watched <laughs> my grandma thought it was funny though so that that's was, good yeah so that was fun and then i did not get a lot of sleep this weekend at normal oh. times because i was watching the australian open oh yeah and my guy won your guy my guy your guy what's his name <laughs> yannick sinner yannick sinner how do you spell that last name just like it sounds s-i-n-n-e-r oh. <laughs> like you and me sinners okay uh, Yannick, Sinner, and I share something in common. What? We both have red hair. Yes! But he's much more of a... I did not know this. What? I was watching some of the footage and, like, he, his fans all dress up like carrots. carrots yeah. It's amazing. The carrot thing. Well, there's, like, a story behind that. Not I, that he's just a carrot top, but, you know, there's another story. Oh. You probably don't know. You don't know. I don't know. One time, and I think it was a final, he hadn't eaten before or something like that, so he asked him co his coach to bring him a snack, and he brought him a carrot. So you, there's footage of him <laughs> chomping on a carrot on a sit-down in between games. So that was pretty funny. So this was his first major it was. tournament win, I heard. Well, it was his first major final, and then oh. he won it. So wow. big deal. Came back from down two sets. Very impressive. So as you watched this... Were you, like, how invested were you in, like, were you on the edge of your well, seat? Well, how bad the two set first ones were, I almost went back to bed. I was oh. like, he's going to lose and I don't uh, want to watch Were you this. in tears? No, but I was oh. getting just, like, he just was not playing well. The guy he was playing came out with, like, a different game plan than normal. And so I was like, this is over. And then the third set, well, he started to come back. I don't need to get too into it. But by the end of it, yes, I was, like, talking to my TV and, pay like, pacing a little bit. Because the third set was a tiebreaker, wasn't it? No, there was oh. no tiebreaks in this, in the final. What's What was the third? Was it 6-4? He, yeah. bro he broke it him in the last game of the third set. Yes. Okay. So it was 6-4, 6-4, I was going to say there was something three. like that where. Yeah, it got kind of close there at the end. But then, I'm trying to think there was something. In the last set, there was a lot of long rallies. Mm. So toward the beginning, there was no more than like four or five shots. There was like 39 shot rallies in the end. Wow. So I'm just sitting there. But it was very cool that he won. I felt bad for Medvedev a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. Someone has to lose. Somebody has to lose. He's just lost from being up two sets in two Australian Open finals. So, really? Yes. Wow. 
So it's just a bummer for him. He looked sad. That is a lot to uh, a lot to deal with when yeah. you're losing because like you give everything you have, and it's like yeah. well, he played very well in the first two sets, enough. and then in the other final, he almost like he was up. This is too much tennis terms, but he was up a break in the third mm. set on the other final. So, like, he almost had it in the bag, and then yeah. he lost three sets in a row after that. Wow. This one wasn't as close after the second set, so. But it was a good match. Nice. Entertaining. Worth waking up at 3.30 in the morning before church. Who's our good, entertaining interview for this week? Today, not today. This week, we have Margaret Vanderroost oh, on the podcast. Nice. Yes. We're just going to hear a little bit of her life story. Yeah. For those of you who've never talked to Margaret about her story, it's fascinating. There's I have a, no idea. Oh, so I'm excited. There's a lot of things that I um, have gotten bits and pieces of over the years. and Nice. It's amazing some of the things that she and her family have been through. So right. I'm excited to hear your conversation. Great. Stay tuned for Margaret, everybody. Okay. Well, Margaret, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good. No snow. No snow. <laughs> and it doesn't look like there will be for the next couple of days. Yes. Hooray. Yeah. I can walk around. Yes, that <laughs> is good. Have you been in, up to anything fun this week? Anything going on? No, not really. No, it's just, you know, my world since I've, you know, my limited uh, walking ability has gotten mm -hmm. really small. Yeah. But that's okay. Uh, that happens as you get older. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. Well, we have you on the podcast today because you have quite the story from growing up in moving countries and all those things that were going on um, in your life. But before we get to that, maybe we can talk a little bit about your background here at First Cutlerville, when you joined, things you were involved in, those kinds of things. Yes. Well, I joined about 16 and a half years ago. Okay. That's how long I've lived here in Byron Center. I moved here from Battle Creek. Okay. And um, I wanted to... I was retired and I wanted to get into a condo. Gotcha. And um, there weren't many available in Battle Creek at the time. And anyway, my daughter lives in Reed City. So I thought halfway here yeah. would be good. So, um, yeah. And then I looked around for churches. Mm -hmm. I, First Cutlerville wasn't even on my radar. And I'd gone to several in my area that I, I live right here in Byron Center mm -hmm. and really hadn't found one I liked. And um, then one time, the 76th Street was closed okay. to go to, to um, you know, the, the, nor the way I normally go. And so I had gotcha. to go around to 68th Street. And I thought, oh, look, there's a church oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> so that road closed was your opening. I know. And so I came. And I've got to tell you, um, First Cotterville is one of the most outgoing churches I've ever known. Nice. I mean, I, I parked my car and got out. And there was Jason Brower saying, welcome, are you new? Nice. And I walked in and there were several people that greeted me. And then afterwards, a couple ladies invited me to a Sunday school that was going on at the time. Okay. So I thought, wow, wow, that's all indications right. of, you know, I need to be here. Right. And so that's how I got to be here at very First Cutlerville. Very cool. I feel like that's a very common theme when I ask people why they came to First Cutlerville is the the welcoming experience that they got right. the first few times that they came here. So. Well, and and then you know the the fact that I was led around uh, uh, this way, I, right. I think it was um, God's leading me. Right. Yeah, you probably would never found no. this church if no, that no, road no, had I been open all way. the time. No, I... too far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Yes. 
Very cool. Well, you mentioned that you're retired as well. What is your work history like? I um mainly in the secretarial field nice. where I um, was a receptionist, um, did all kinds of things. Uh, the last 24 years was in the nonprofit field. Okay. Um, we worked for a neighborhood revitalization organization in Battle Creek. And that cool. was fascinating yeah. because not only did I get to do secretarial work, but I also got to go out and pick colors for houses that had to be painted, fun. pick out kitchens, pick out everything. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah, it was fun. That sounds very fun. Yes, I would love that. Yes. I like picking colors and decorating and that yeah. kind of stuff. I, I had to remember, though, that it wasn't my taste. I had it. Right. You, know, <laughs> you have to think for other people. Sort of a generic. Right. 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 Very cool. So. so how long were you working there? 24 years. Nice. Yeah, I was going to, thought I was going to make it to 25 before I retired, but uh, no, time was uh, 24 years. It was time okay. to go. Yes. 24 is a nice even number. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, that was in Battle Creek, but I also worked, uh, I started work right out of high school, um, worked at Upjohn Company. Okay. And that was also in the secretarial field. And uh, But then um, my husband um, was in school at the time. Mm -hmm. And once he graduated, we started moving. And his first job was in Richmond, Illinois. Okay. Then we moved to Laporte, Indiana. Mm -hmm. Then we moved to Ashtabula, Ohio, and Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. Then back to Illinois. Oh, wow. Bolingbroke this time. Yeah. From Bolingbroke, we went to Battle Creek. And then from there, I came You've here been by all myself. Over. I have. <laughs> all over. I have. And some of them were. Uh, promotions uh, others were new jobs right so yes very cool yes did you like moving around no i was gonna say sometimes <laughs> it's hard to get like your feet set if you're always moving around yes and it wasn't as much uh, so difficult for me personally but once i we had children right it was it was very hard right. i think uh, starting them in new schools and leaving their friends behind right and and i i think it sort of indicates both my kids um, my daughter, other than living one year in Hawaii, mm -hmm. she's mm. lived in Reed City um, the rest of her married life. Yeah. And that's that's been quite a while, since 88. Mm -hmm. And my son, um, once he, he got graduated from college, he moved to Atlanta yeah. and, and is still there. So, okay. so they. I think it's sort of an indication that, you know what, Mom, we're not doing right. what you want to <laughs> We do. want to stay in one right. spot. Yeah, right. that's fair. You kind of mentioned your your family a little bit, but can you tell us a little bit more about them, how you met your husband? Well, I met him at Upjohns, as a matter of fact. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, after, you know, meeting or dating for about a year, we got married. Nice. And he was going to Hope College. Well, that was a little expensive for a married couple. Yeah. So he transferred to Western. Okay. And uh, we lived in married housing. Nice. And what a neat experience yeah. that was. Fun. Yeah, the neighbor next door was a professor from Hope College that was getting a degree in special ed. Okay. And so we got to be really good friends with them. And, nice. Uh, yeah, and that's where our first daughter was born. So Very cool. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, then, you know, after that, we started our move, right, as yeah. he started his career. Yeah, right. moving around right. quite a bit. Yes. Very cool. Well, that's a little bit of your background here. I'm trying to think of anything else that we want to mention before we get to kind of the big part of your story, not that this isn't part of the big story. <laughs> the early history. Yeah, the early yes, history. Yes. So you were not born here. No. So if you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Sure. How you came to the States, all that good stuff. Sure. I'm one of eight kids. Okay. 
and I was born in the Netherlands in 1943. And if you know your history, that's in the middle of World War II. Right. And I, I, I sometimes would push my mom sometimes. I'd say, no, mother, you couldn't have been really happy knowing you were pregnant in the middle of a war. Mm. And she says, no, no. She said we were always grateful for whatever God gave us. Right. And she had three kids in oh, wow. 41, 43, and and 45 okay. in, in the middle of a war. But mm -hmm. uh, um, the house that I was born in was bombed mm. at the beginning of World War II. Wow. And that was in 1940. Um, my sister tells me that um, there were three little kids in the house at that time. Mm -hmm. And my dad came home. He's a policeman. And he came home from night duty. And he was filling in my mother about the war and stuff like that, and then decided to go up to bed. Mm -hmm. Well, no sooner has he gotten up there, he heard planes. Mm. And all right, that never boded any goodwill at that point. Right. So he came racing down the stairs, told mother to take shelter in where else? Mm -hmm. The bathroom. And so she she got all three little kids in there. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and my, my sister remembers her sitting on the toilet praying. Mm. And I asked her at the time, where was dad? And he said she, he'd run out to warn others. Oh, wow. But anyway, she said that when it was time to come out, she'll never forget the sight of a perfectly good living room and hallway when she went in. They opened the door and there was nothing but rubble on the oh, other side. Oh, wow. Yes. And, and in fact, there was one person that was killed. We lived in a row house. So in that row, there was somebody that was killed. Wow. I had I'd always thought it was a, a German plane that dropped that bomb. No, it was a British plane. Mm. He, they'd gone after, you know, um, probably German patrol boats in the harbor. I right. live in the harbor city. Okay. And obviously they weren't nearly as accurate with their bombs back then <laughs> as right. they are now. So, right. uh, yeah. So that was interesting. So yeah. anyway, and, and one thing that I did not know until many, many years later, and that's very normal when you hear about people that have been through very um, trying times, they don't like to talk about it. Right. And it wasn't until my parents went back for the, after 25 years after the end of the war to a trip to the Netherlands that uh -huh. the, the local paper did a story on my dad. Oh, really? Yes. And there I read that he had worked in the underground and had been responsible for saving 17 Jewish families. Wow. Yes. I mean, you know, and, and I can imagine how when you do something like that and you know you can lose your life at any moment. Right. What uh, tense times those were. Right. And so he never really talked about it. Right. So you and never really got to hear it straight from him. You, you had know, to read about it. Little, a little, a few things. Yeah. Because I, I, I would ask sometimes, you know, they talked about some of the um, women that that uh, consorted with the, with the Germans and... Um, and would would become traitors mm -hmm. and and i said to dad well what did you do and he said we took care of them and he would not elaborate on that at right. all so yeah that was that that i found that interesting but you know it's the same thing my dad was one of eight kids at the age of 14 he lost his father mm. to um he, was, he had a burst appendix and died oh wow and my grandmother was left with eight little kids wow. one being a baby mm. and that was, so those were amazingly trying times yeah and so and that also never heard about it from my dad yeah it wasn't until much later that i was interested in and wrote a cousin in the netherlands i said what mm. can you tell me about my grandfather mm. and i got an eight page reply so, nice yeah yeah 
was interesting. interesting. But anyway, so then after the war, a lot of people think, okay, 1945, the war's ended back to normal, right? Yeah. It takes an, an amazingly long time. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, for countries to recover. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that now in Ukraine and, and, and Gaza and stuff like that. You'll see how long it takes. Right. And because people will go to the little town where I grew up and said, what a beautiful little town, it's over 700 years old. Why did you ever leave? Mm -hmm. Well, it was tough yeah. after even the 10 years after uh you know when we immigrated mm -hmm. things weren't back to to where they should be mm -hmm. i mean my my parents had eight kids lived in a rented house and had bicycles right right and so my father had well my brother my my mother had a couple of brothers three brothers already in here in the states so they thought it'd be a good good opportunity yeah. for them and eight kids yeah and that's so a lot night, yeah 1955 they decided to immigrate okay and sold everything. Wow. We took a train trip, said goodbye to our grandmothers. Mm. They, they were widows at that time. Yeah. And um, took went, uh, went over to Rotterdam and got into a boat. Wow. Yeah. How old were you then? I was almost 12. Almost 12. So I remember. So you remember this oh, yes. well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was exciting. Yeah. I, I did ask a couple of my older siblings um, what their thoughts were. Yeah. And my sister, who was the oldest, she said she was fine with it. But then my brother, Hank, and he was, I think he was 18 at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, he had graduated. He had friends. He had a, had a job. Right. He, he said he did not. In fact, I talked to him when he was, he was dying and I, I spent some time with him. And I said, did you want to go? And he said, no. He no. had a life he thought yeah. planned out there. Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, why, why did you? I think my parents sort of guilted him into it. Really? Yeah. He just made a motion of somebody pulling his ear. I said, oh, okay. Mm. I get it. Gotcha. And uh, so I think he was always the one that there took many, many trips back to yeah. the United States or to the Netherlands to, to mm -hmm. reconnect with friends. Right. Yeah. So anyway, the boat trip was really interesting. It was from the Rotterdam to Le Havre, France. Okay. To, um, Canada okay to Hoboken New Jersey very cool yeah yeah that's about how long would you say that took 10 days okay yes and you know once you I got through the seasickness phase seasickness phase right it was okay yeah um it was fun I bet you know as as one of eight children you have a lot of freedom right uh, you know my, you know my mother doesn't uh much for a helicopter pair. <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of let you guys roam oh, around. Yes. Oh my goodness, we had the the run of the ship. Right? Nice. Yes. Was there other like young families too? Oh yes, they were all immigrated. Yeah. You know, yes, and so there were other people that I I, I feel I wasn't quite old enough because when I listened to my older sister, they they had just tons of fun. Yeah. You know, and they had movies and all this kind of stuff that right. they could do. Mm -hmm. But I do remember um, I befriended a little girl and. I had my first, her father uh, was making sure she was, she was okay, you know, not, uh -huh. not getting too de dehydrated. Anyway, he got her a Coke. So he got me one. Well, I never had one. Your first Coca-Cola. Yes. yes. <laughs> nice. So I looked at it and I saw the words Coca and I said, oh, and it was brown. Yeah. Must be chocolate, right? Oh, right. <laughs> Not quite what you no, were expecting. No, no, no. It wasn't chocolate. No. Someone asked was one time, I, I actually went to a display of the Titanic at the museum downtown. Mm -hmm. And they showed first class and third class. Well, they were amazing cabins. Let me tell you what our cabin was like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
There were 10 of us, right? Uh-huh. Five bunk beds. In one room? That was it. Oh, wow. That's it. There was nothing else in that room. Oh, my word. <laughs> Still must have felt kind of tight then. You know, you think so, but, you know, we, we, we weren't there much. Right, just to sleep. Yes, and the bathroom was across the hall. Big, okay. big bathroom that everybody could use, right? Right. And But I, I thought it was wonderful, and the one reason I thought it was wonderful is I'm, I'm a, I love to read, and I had a little light above my bed. Nice. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Very so, cute. And, and plus, um, they had a... Um, adult seating time for dinner and the children's seating time i could have gone with the adults but my mother wanted me to go with my three younger the siblings younger uh-huh. and i think it was the first time in my life i could say uh, no thanks i don't want to eat that right <laughs> no one told you what you could or couldn't exactly. take nice exactly Very so fun. yeah and then once we got to hoboken my parents had a friend that helped us through customs nice we took a taxi trip in two taxis with 10 people right <laughs> across to new york to grand central station got on mm. a train and it took um, all day to or all night actually to get to kalamazoo michigan right so once you got here you pretty much came right from new york to kalamazoo you didn't yes. stay in the new york new no, york area no 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 no, they no. My um, uncles had already arranged for a house gotcha. to uh, for us to rent, and because uh, you know at that time you had to have sponsors. Right. You could not just mm. immigrate. Right. And uh, so, yeah. And and once we got to Kalamazoo, you know, the three oldest who were finished with school mm-hmm. looked for jobs. My father looked for a job. Mm-hmm. So here's my father, right? <laughs> Twenty three years he'd been a policeman. Mm-hmm. So you know. That didn't require a whole lot of physical labor, right? Right. So the first job he got was working for the city of Kalamazoo, working a jackhammer, breaking up streets. Oh. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, you know, that takes fortitude. Yeah. I mean, to, yeah. to really, to he knew he had to get out and, and get a job, right? Right. But um, then eventually he got a job at Miller Lumber as a cabinet maker. Okay. And cool. that falls back to after his dad died um, because there was no other income other than church to deacons right and the three oldest kids had to leave school uh-huh. and go to work and my right. dad was one of them mm-hmm. and he hated farm work mm. i think my uh, my <laughs> my grandmother who i call opu she um she said twice my dad ran away from a farm she said really? <laughs> i have to do something with that boy yeah and so she apprenticed him to a cabinet maker oh, nice. now, can you imagine that years and years and years later right isn't that amazing how comes god together. works right. yes right. yes he couldn't he couldn't be a policeman no without um you know additional right uh, education so he fell back on what he learned right at the very beginning of his very working cool life. yes yeah. Yeah. very cool yeah nice so we, and, and then, you know, obviously we didn't know the language, right? Right. Well, um, my parents right away enrolled us in school, mm-hmm. the Christian school that was very important to them. Yeah. And I got to tell you, the best way to learn a language is immersion. Yeah. You want to learn a language? Just surround yourself with nothing but English right. or whatever. Right. It was probably quite confusing for the first while. At first, yeah. yes, yes. And, and, but, you know my memory is of not knowing it and then knowing it right it's that in between period um i don't remember all that well right and then and then once we knew uh we brought it home because um my my father was adamant we came here 
was our choice. We're learning English. Right. And my mother was a stay-at-home mother, right? Mm -hmm. Well, in order for her to learn, she had to learn from us. And so gotcha. we spoke English. Yeah. And very, very little Dutch anymore. Yeah. Yes. Now, and of course, that, that means that you sort of lose the ability yourself. Right. But I can still read it. Yeah. Yes. Speaking is a little more difficult. Right. But uh, I can read it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because you've, at this point, spoken English longer than Dutch. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In fact, there are people that don't realize that English was not my first language. Right. I don't think I knew that before someone mentioned it to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I, I was young enough. And you realize that when you're in your early teens, you don't want to be different. Right. Oh, my goodness. You want to fit you, in. Oh, yes, absolutely. Whereas I had an older brother who didn't really work all that hard on losing his accent because mm. he said the girls liked it. Oh, <laughs> it was cute and different probably yeah. than all the other boys here. <clears throat> well, very cute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So... Then, yeah, so basically, you know, go to the Christian school. And um, after I graduated, I met my husband. And nice. then, yes, yeah. Nice. So. Besides the language, what were some of the other big things that you had to adjust to or that were different when in first coming here? Well, I remember basically in the Netherlands, we had school clothes and we had church clothes. Okay. We didn't have a whole closet full of clothes. Right. And I can remember coming home from school and telling my mother, oh, my goodness, they wear something new every single day. Oh. <laughs> and and the fact, uh, taking your lunch. I mean, we always lived close enough. Right. We oh, got, you would just go home? home. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we had our you know big meal at noon. Right. And uh, And here, I remember the first time, I was responsible because it was myself, my brother Frank, and then the John and, and Elaine because Bill was still little. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I was responsible. I had a big grocery bag full of sandwiches for everybody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned quite quickly, you yeah. know, each one carries their own. Right. But, uh, but you know, it was very difficult. <clears throat> I know, especially for my mother. Being left at home with my, my little brother. Right. Everybody gone and not speaking the language. Right. And she was a very social person. Yeah. And I, I remember Bill saying that, um, and he is, he is, he is such a tender heart because mm. she, he was, she was saying, now Bill, go play out, okay, go play outside. Mm -hmm. And he'd look at her and say, okay, but if you only, if you promise not to cry. Oh, yes. he knew it was hard for her. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's when I mean, she took her time, you know, to cry because. Um, yeah. Yeah. But he said, you go play outside. I don't want to see you right. or have you see me cry. So, right. But I, I honestly feel that had there been the money and I see I, I find that true with a lot of immigrant families, um, they would have gone back within the first year. Right. But you, you have to tough it out. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah, and they did. Yeah. So, but luckily, I have a picture of the first picnic that we had hmm. here in, in, in Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge picture. I mean, there's got to be, oh, at least 80 people in that picture. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. But see, that's the reason, the reason is because my mother had four uncles, my, my grandmother's brothers, that mm -hmm. immigrated around the 1900s. Mm-hmm. And so they were there here already. And, and there so, you go. yeah, the Vandermolens. Nice. Yes. 
So cool. with their families, you know, <clears throat> and then we we contributed eight kids. My aunt and uncle had eleven kids. Oh wow! <clears throat> yeah, very so, fun. Can you tell I don't speak a lot? Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting hoarse already. That's okay. Yeah. It's fascinating stuff uh, to hear about yeah. what it's like to move from another country and yes there's probably mixed emotions from a lot of people too like you said your older brother wasn't too happy about it but you sound like you were excited about it right so people probably a range of emotions because there's so many different ages too because you're saying was bill the youngest yes so how old was he three yeah so he just was yes. tagging along right <laughs> yeah right and, and it's it's amazing uh you know at, at my age is the perfect age to remember everything right right because my my younger sister she remembered a little bit right and then the the two year, the boys the youngest ones they don't yeah and uh um and then the older ones of course yes yeah they probably have yes. vivid memories yeah in fact uh one of the the best trips i ever had going back i went back twice mm. once with my husband and um then the second time my sister and i and our daughters mm -hmm. oh cool yes yeah, so yeah. it was wonderful yeah we, and of course we have enough cousins there right right so well the first night we stayed with cousins in amsterdam but right. then after that we had rented a bungalow in Fun. in volendam yes and then drove around and uh oh yes it was it was the best thing was Very showing cool. them our town right yeah and, and the fact is you know when you're in the Netherlands and old countries, I mean, when a country or a town is over 700 years old, there are rules. You do, you're not allowed to tear things down right. so fast right. because it's all historical, right? right? So our house was still there. Our mm. church was still there. Mm. Our school was still there. You know, Very everything. Cool. So, yes, we could walk. And not only that, we happened to be in the harbor the first day and ran across somebody when we were never afraid to talk to anybody if we saw one. Yeah. <laughs> And he was familiar with my dad. My dad was oh, really? very well known yeah. during Second World War and, and after that too. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, well, you know, one of his colleagues is still alive. Let me give him a call. <laughs> and so he invited us over for coffee and-, oh, and nice. Yes, and between us, yeah. his limited English and our limited Dutch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we were able to communicate. Made it a little so it tricky. Sort of fun, yes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. So you've been back the two times. Right. And then your daughters were able to experience that as well. Yes. Very cool. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And, it, you know, there's nothing like seeing something from someone who used to live there. Right. And, and in fact, um, I have a granddaughter now that she's married to Michael, who's in the Air Force. Uh -huh. And, um, and they've been, in fact, she, Very cool. she called me. She says, Grandma, I'm standing on the street that you were used to live on. That is yes. so cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's fun that there's family history in another country too, where like your family can go see where you grew up and right. where you came from. That's very cool. Yes, yes. Is absolutely. there still family that lives there? Oh goodness, yes. <laughs> my my mother was one of fifteen. Oh wow. My mother. Big families. My, <laughs> yes, my father was one of eight, as as you know. Yep. So yeah, we don't keep in touch as much as we used to, but right. obviously, I think at the time my grandmother on my mother's side. Um, when she died in her 80s i think she had over 100 grandchildren oh wow so those are all first cousins yeah you know? very cool <laughs> so, yes and i right now i have them some in in canada yeah and uh of course here in the states yeah and, yeah so you have family all over kind yes. of yeah yes 
Did anyone else from your family come to Kalamazoo or did they go to other places in the States? No, they all came to Kalamazoo. Okay. Yes. Um, my um, Uncle Ben and Uncle John, they came in the 30s okay. to Kalamazoo. And so did the the, 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 the men, the, my, my mother's uncles. Okay. Um, oh, yes. And uh, But I understand at that point, one of the first things they did was logging. Really? Because, you know, if you look at Michigan, it was full of trees. I bet. And so that's that's one of the first things. But you know, they all settled in in Kalamazoo. Nice. Since then, we've we've gone all over the place, right. right? I mean, my my granddaughter lives in Germany. I have a niece that lives in Australia. I have Ooh. another niece that uh, she is in uh, New Zealand. I, you know, yes, it's it's gotten so they're all over. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> we are almost out of time. We have about a minute and a half left if there's any little last bits of your story that you might think people want to hear uh yeah no it's not really it's, it's you know sometimes it's when you get to this age that you look back and you see oh, okay now i see how god works right and and you don't see it at the time right, right? but uh yeah no and i i right now i'm trying to trace um my father was awarded a silver cross in mm. 1982 from Very the cool. Netherlands for his work in the underground. Yeah. And I've not been able to trace who nominated him mm. and what they said about him. Right. Because that's what I'd love to know. Right. But um, that's hopefully one something I, I'll find out yeah. sometime in the future. That'd yes. be very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in today and oh, sharing your story. Very fascinating. I don't know a ton about history things, but I feel like I could picture what you were talking about. I knew the dates and stuff that you're talking about. So very cool I know. to hear your story. I mean, can you imagine living in a city that's over 700 years old? Right. <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> but very cool. <clears throat> yes. yes. Yeah. So thank you again. Oh, you're welcome.